as long as you're using your common sense, your intuition, and you're being sensitive, I think absolutely you should continue making offers to people because if you can solve someone's problem, then it's almost a disservice to them for you to not show up right now. Hi guys, we're your hosts Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hey friends. Hope everyone is hanging in there and making the most of their quarantine snacks. Today, we're tapping into our favorite moment from friends so we can all learn how to pivot, pivot, pivot. (laughs) But in all seriousness, it is a tough time right now for entrepreneurs, small businesses, and freelancers, and we just want to help. So this episode may sound a little different because both Jill and I are social distancing and recording this remote, but it's still a good one. And we're diving into all the ways that you can pivot your business to digital right now because your business deserves to make it. Amen. So things may look a bit different for you for the next while, but that doesn't mean you need to give up on your business altogether. We're navigating the effects of coronavirus right now too, and we're recording all new content on the fly so we can give you relevant, actionable episodes. So keep listening because we're calling in the digital guru, Alyssa Coleman. She is amazing. You guys are going to love her. And she's giving us all the strategies and motivation you need to keep your small business going. It seems super daunting to make any changes to your business right now, especially during a pandemic. But guys, there are so many doable ways to shift your focus as an entrepreneur. Take a look at Dyson. They started producing ventilators to help patients who are fighting COVID, and local breweries and distilleries are now exclusively making hand sanitizer. Shout out to Mill Street Brewery. So there are lots of ways for you to pivot and make an impact. And if you're just trying to stay afloat right now, the best place for you to start is online. Yeah, take some time and rethink your products or services so that you can meet current demands and consider how you can help out and get active in your online community. You can offer encouragement and support to your audiences. You can give them a behind-the-scenes look at your brand. And you can remind them that you're still in business and that you still have services or products or content to offer. And just experiment. Like, have fun with it. Get super active on social media. Forge new connections. Find your people and let them know how they can help you. People want to help support their favorite businesses right now. They want to keep local businesses running. So give them the tools that they need to help you. And figure out what your customers need right now, too. Yeah, and businesses are getting so creative. I mean, we asked you guys to share with us on social some small businesses that you know of that have completely shifted their business model to adapt to this new life we're in under quarantine. And we were so inspired. We've seen a lot of gyms and studios start offering free classes on social. I know one of my favorite studios in Toronto, uh, Tribe Fitness, is running a lot of their most popular classes on Instagram Live. And then they've shifted their entire business model online and they're offering a full class range at a discounted rate via Zoom. Like it's just so amazing to see. Yeah, it's pretty great. Cassie Day is another example. She's an owner at All Day Fit and she created an online hub with daily workouts that focus on body weight and minimal equipment just in case we decide to move from the couch. (laughs) No guarantees though. Also nail salons like Naked Beauty Bar, Olive and June, Her Majesty's Pleasure. They're offering new retail products like at-home nail kits to ensure their customers are still taken care of. Bless their hearts because the situation over here is getting dire. Oh, it is getting bleak. (laughs) 
And local restaurants too have been doing some really cool things. Like a lot of them are donating food to the front lines and just moving to new delivery options. So some of them have completely reinvented the wheel, like Miss Things in Toronto, which created their own online delivery strategy so that they can completely cut out the middleman and keep 100% of their sales revenue. And the best part is they're spreading the wealth by helping other restaurants develop their own sites too that allow for contactless delivery so that you can get your food safe and sound. Honestly, I know it seems really overwhelming, but just remember that incredible innovation has happened during global crises. Look at Uber and Airbnb. They were invented during the 2008 recession. Shakespeare wrote some of his most famous plays during a plague. Newton discovered gravity and invented calculus while he was quarantined. Although, to be honest, it could have done without the calculus part. (laughs) Yeah, we could probably live without that last one. But it is so cool to see all the innovation that's come out of hard times. And honestly, it is okay if you want to do absolutely nothing but just eat cereal and watch Netflix for a few weeks. Like, you do you. We've all binge Tiger King here. But if you are desperately trying to shift your business to survive during these crazy times and you want to adapt quickly, we're here for that too. Because how your business responds during this crisis will probably play a huge part in its future, and we want to help. So we called in Alyssa Coleman, and Alyssa is a business consultant and a productivity strategist who has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs grow their businesses and bank accounts. She is an absolute delight, and she's so freaking smart. We learned so much from her. She's the founder of The Productive Entrepreneur, a strategic coaching program. She hosts events for companies like Lululemon, and she runs epic career coaching retreats around the world. Sign us up. Teach us how to win at digital, Alyssa. So could you tell us about the services you provide as a coach to entrepreneurs? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a productivity strategist. And what that means is basically I work either one-on-one or through my courses and programs um, with entrepreneurs specifically in the online space to help them create systems, workflows, processes, and really the entire back end of their business in a really productive way. So for me, that's really the whole thing that I do. We, we talk about, okay, what's your ultimate goal and how can we make your entire business support that for you in the most um, seamless way possible? Amazing. And speaking of productivity, with everything that's going on in the world right now, do you think it's a good opportunity for entrepreneurs and small businesses to keep planning and innovating with their business? Absolutely. I think now is, you know, one of the most important times. Some people are being, you know, almost forced to get creative and become really resourceful with their businesses. And other people are starting to see use this as kind of like, you know, putting your business under a magnifying glass. Let's say you're a florist and you have an in-person business, but you also do, you know, flower, a delivery service, or you're a a framer or something like that. And, you know, a lot of your orders could be taken online, you know, a printer or a framer or something, but most of what you do is in person. A lot of people are using this time as almost this magnifying glass to say, hey, you know what? I really rely on one specific income stream and I'm going to use this time to start to diversify. Or people who have side hustles are starting to see like, all right, well, I'm, you know, I'm a waitress with a side hustle and I've been kind of, you know, putting my dreams on the back burner. And so I think this is absolutely a great time. I think I mean, of course, if you're in a situation where 
your you or your family are in financial or health emergencies, then mm-hmm. no, it's, I mean, you don't have to be productive in this time. But I think a lot of us are using this time to really focus on our businesses or things that we can control as a way to get through this, right? Like it is a, a time where sometimes you need to put your head down and focus on the things that you can control and the things that you can be optimistic about in order to uh, move forward. I love that. That's a great point. If anything is in your control and you can move the needle on it, it's probably aspects of your own business. So why not focus on that and kind of hone in on something rather than giving into the general overwhelm Mm -hmm. everyone's feeling right now? Absolutely. So what advice do you have for brick and mortar businesses who don't know how to offer their services online? So maybe restaurants or hair salons or local gyms or, you know, photography studios who, as to your point, have only ever operated in person. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because I think, you know, I follow quite even, you know, my, the hair salon that I go to and I sort of follow them on Instagram and I'm, I'm, I'm almost waiting, you know, for them to to make the pivot, right? Because it it's kind of a sink or swim time for a lot of brick and mortar businesses. And I think that's really overwhelming, but also an opportunity. So a couple things that I would recommend. Number one, you're going to need to get creative. And I think this, this is what's exciting is that most entrepreneurs are very creative and very resourceful. So you already have those tools in your tool belt, right? Like that's what caused you to create your business or your side hustle is that you're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to make this work. And you kind of are doing it on your own a lot of times. So number one, you already have a lot of the tools that you need. So use them. Number two, you really need to look at like strategically, what you need to do is you need to look at what are the things that I can provide to my current audience, the people who I already have, um, rather than trying to like start from scratch and grow a whole new audience. Most of these people already do have customers, potential customers, past customers, followers, you know, lurkers, <laughs> you know, we all kind of have this audience. And I, and I think it's really important to ask yourself, how can I show up for them right now in a way that's going to really provide value? And then how can I also offer something even more that's going to make their life easier, better, more enjoyable that I can charge for? So thinking of like maybe a hair salon or something like that, the first thing I would recommend is I want to, I would start to think, okay, what are the things that my current audience really needs? So if I'm you know, following my hair salon, I'm like starting to think, Hey, I've got a little couple split ends. Like, you know, what about my, uh, you know, what about my roots? Like maybe thank God I just went right before this happened. But you know, if I hadn't, those are the things that, that I would be looking for. So if my go-to person was showing me like, okay, here's how you can lengthen how long your color lasts, or here's how you can start to get rid of some of those split ends without totally screwing up your own hair. Here's how to trim your bangs without looking crazy. And like being one of those being one of those videos that's all over YouTube of people cutting their own bangs, you know, um, and, and stuff like that, or how to, you know, do some DIY at home hair masks, like all of these things I would love to see right now and would be really quite valuable to me. So the first thing you want to do is put out some of that free value added content. Then from there, you want to ask yourself, okay, what can I 
charge for that would, again, make their lives even better. So let's think about this hair salon. Maybe you want to start delivering some at-home hair masks and maybe you can you can purchase them at bulk and you can then deliver them or color correctors or, you know, little things like this or, or products that make your hair, you know, dry shampoo to make your hair look good when you're on zoom. But even though you haven't showered because you're at home and you're working from home, you know, little things like that, I would be, you know, looking for that. Or maybe you could start selling digital products. And this is really where, you know, the realm that I love to work in. But let's say you're a um, hair colorist, maybe you want to start selling digital products for other hair colorists. That's like, here's, you know, this is a great time to work on your technique. So if you have some of these tools at home, here's my course on exactly how to do, um, you know, really expensive looking balayage. And if you have a mannequin at home, we're going to practice on it. And and this course is $200 or something like that. You could create a course and sell that to other people who follow you who are also, um, you know, colorists or something like that. Like you really want to get creative and ask yourself, where do, where are my skills? You want to find the sort of (laughs) the middle of the Venn diagram between what are my skills? What am I really great at? And what can I, what problem can I solve? And so there's probably a lot of problems you can solve and a lot of things that you're good at, but you've got to find the like middle ground um so that you're not just selling something for the sake of selling it you know yeah the b2b uh education piece is a really good idea even gift cards i mean people who love and are very loyal to their local restaurant or their that's true hairdresser if they knew that they could keep them in business and support them right now and have their guaranteed service down the road yeah getting a gift card is pretty absolutely and maybe you could offer like a discount or something like that like where you know if you if you book now uh or you purchase a gift card now then you get a free you know treatment or something like that like think about the things that you can offer that are you know fairly low cost to you but are a value add to people who you know maybe are not wanting to invest in something that they don't even know if they're going to get to the hair salon you know in the next six months or something like that yeah that's a great idea And how can companies shift their messaging to keep selling in a sensitive and appropriate way, understanding that everybody is going through different career or financial or even health uh, situations right now? So is there a way that you can still serve others um, in an appropriate way? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of business owners are kind of are worried about this. And I I get why, especially as I think as female entrepreneurs, this is something that a lot of us are very sensitive to. We, we never want to come off as too salesy. This is something I hear from women like so, so often, well, female entrepreneurs specifically. Um, and here's the thing, you being aware of that is is the first step. This is, you know, the fact that you don't want to be insensitive to anyone tells me that you probably won't. And so it's really actually quite important to kind of trust yourself here because None of us are, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that none of us listening are like trying to scam people right now. We're not trying to sell them some sham wow style, you know, <laughs> marketing technique. Here's what's great about being a business owner in a digital age is that you don't have to force anyone to buy anything that they're not financially able to buy. Don't use scare tactics. Don't scam people. If you're following those, you know, two rules that are pretty, you know, obvious, if you have a moral compass in any way, then I think you're in the clear and it's actually your responsibility to 
yourself, if you have employees, as well as the economy to continue selling. The great thing about selling is that it's just an offer. If I'm not, if H&M is showing me an ad for this beautiful dress, if I don't have the money for it right now, I'm not going to buy it. And I'm not going to be like, H&M shouldn't have shown me that dress. That's absolutely absurd of them to continue to market their business and show dresses. Like, absolutely not. I'm never going to think that. So I think as long as you have, as long as you're using your common sense, your intuition, and you're being sensitive, I think absolutely you should continue making offers to people because if you can solve someone's problem, then it's almost a disservice to them for you to not show up right now. So I I really do think, I I really want to encourage women specifically to not put their businesses on the back burner because they're worried it's going to offend someone. Um, I do think it's still okay and it's actually important for those of us who can run businesses right now to continue running them. Like literally the Canadian economy relies on digital companies who can run without being in the physical presence of other people. We're kind of relying on you. So like (laughs) no pressure system, but like, you know, (laughs) it's not just about you. So I think, you know, keep your like karma in mind and don't be a bitch, but like otherwise run your business and, and um, solve people's problems if you can or offer to. Amen. We needed to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. And we've seen some companies do it in a pretty cool way. Like some people have been offering free workout classes online and just sort of building a new audience that they probably normally wouldn't have been able to tap into. um, So that when they do have a product that they want to sell or offer, maybe they're offering a discount, but they've sort of already built that brand loyalty and added that value to people's lives. So it just makes it sort of like a softer sell, which is, which is pretty cool. Here's my recommendation for every single business. You should really be focusing on three main things every single day in your business. Number one, how can I grow today? So looking at your audience, potential audience and saying, how do I grow by at least one person on my email list, in my on my socials, in my community in some way? Number two, how can I nourish those people? This is number two. And it should not be skipped every single day. You need to show up and say, how can I provide value to the people who are already here, regardless of whether or not they're going to buy? And if that if you're doing that, then number three, which is make an offer every single day as well, should not ever come off as like a hard sell. So absolutely. I love the way that a lot of businesses are really showing up and and now offering things for free, which is amazing. Um, But you should be doing this every single day. So never. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Never just like, you know, now that you're in COVID, just start offering things and like you've never provide you've never gained any trust with your audience in any way yeah I definitely think we should all be putting out free value in some way whether it's your podcast whether it's you know um you showing up on social and and you know answering questions or providing free um you know like you said training videos or anything like that and right now businesses have this uniquely captive audience online so how can they engage their online community and get way more active on social, whether it's through like social challenges that they start or Mm. going live or just posting more or hosting like speakers and panels. Yeah, those are all amazing ideas. That's this is definitely one of the biggest opportunities right now is that so many more people are on social and so many more people are really engaged with social. (laughs) Um, You know, maybe some of us are using it as like an escape mechanism. I know sometimes I definitely am just like, ah, I don't want to think about, you know, the news that I just watched. I'm just going to scroll Instagram for the next half hour. (laughs) But it's really like an opportunity for a, a lot of brands to build brand awareness. And like I said, to provide that value for your audience. So 
I think now's a great time to do any of those things that you recommended. Showing up on social daily definitely should be happening. Using this time to invest in advertising. If you have a marketing budget, move your advertising online. Actually, ad costs are quite low right now because of that supply and demand. Because more people are online and they're really engaged, ad costs are actually going down. So there's another opportunity there. You could host a challenge. You could host a webinar. Really, the idea is just to ask yourself, how can I solve my ideal client's problem? right now. And if it's a challenge, then awesome. Any of those things are really designed to create a trusting relationship between you and your ideal client, but also for them to understand your philosophy on their problems. So the whole purpose of like selling a digital course is to solve the problem most of the time, right? And so your dream client needs to understand what your philosophy is, meaning what are your steps to solve that problem? And if they don't understand that, then they're so much less likely to buy. So this gives you a great opportunity to make it super clear to them, this is our process. You know, like if you're a nutritionist and your process is, you know, number one, we detox, number two, we eliminate all gluten, and then number three, we start adding things back in. If they, people don't understand that, then they're less likely to purchase your program. But once they start seeing, oh, this is what she believes, this is why she believes that, these are some of the results that she's had, so much more likely to buy. So use this time to really make your philosophy super clear, regardless of what niche you're in. We've also seen a lot of businesses going live right now and hosting virtual events or going live on Facebook and Instagram and Mm -hmm. doing virtual conferences. So it seems like it's a really big movement right now. Um, Is this something that you recommend small businesses try out? And if they do, how can they make sure that it ladders up to their overall business objectives? Yeah. Like I said, you should be doing three things every single day and one of them should be uh, making an offer. So you being live is such a perfect way for you to make an offer every single day because the whole purpose of step number two, which is to nourish your audience, is for them to get to know you, like I said, to understand your philosophy, but also like just get to know who you are. Like a lot of times you're the personal brand behind your business or your company in general. When you're live, it's such an incredible way for people to feel like they know. It's almost like they're hanging out with you, right? They're kind of in your house with you. It's it's so much different than a pre-recorded video or even Instagram stories. It's like, you know, they can kind of see like your cat, you know, jump on you or like you accidentally spill coffee or like whatever, like little things that really make it feel like you're hanging out with them. So being live is one of the best ways you can almost like hyper warm up an audience. So if you have the opportunity to go live on Instagram or Facebook more often now is, I mean, it's always a good thing to do, but now is a really great time because like I said, more people are watching. Now, when you're live, this is a great time to say, hey, you know, I also have this free course that I think could take this one step further. So whatever you're talking about, ideally your course is going to go deeper into that or it's going to uh, make it easier for them or even working with you one-on-one can, you know, solve their problem better than you just being live talking about whatever. So this is a great time for you to then say, don't forget to check out my course or, you know, I also, you know, if you want to find out more about whether or not this program will be good for you, then you can book a free call with me or like things like that are the perfect thing to offer towards the end of your live video. And you can do that every single day as long as you're really heating up your audience beforehand. And so absolutely, it should lead up to your your main offer and we should not feel any like shame in talking about it. Like, you know, like I said, H&M isn't like, we shouldn't bring up our sale, you know, like they're just not doing that. So (laughs) 
don't like as long as you're not being shady, then yeah, talk about what your the problem that your business solves every day if you can. Yeah, and that I think that's the beauty too of being live. It puts a personality to your brand, and it's it just makes it a little bit more of it of an intimate sale, personal sale. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you're so right. Plus, you can really answer their questions and stuff live, which is um, something that you a lot of times can't do. So you almost feel like you're having a conversation with this person. That's true. And everyone's craving companionship and intimacy right now. So if you can even, like, that's a problem that in a weird, unexpected way you could solve. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that people can be spending some time on right now is starting their email list. But it does seem daunting if it's something that you're not already doing. So are there any tools um, and services that small business owners could start with for building out their email lists and figuring out their cadence? Yeah. So you absolutely should be growing your email list like today. If you're not growing one right now, start right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know it can feel daunting, but it, it really doesn't have to be. There's so many great free resources on this. Or, you know, if you know a business owner who's already doing this, then just ask them about it. In terms of tools that you can use, there's so many good ones. For free, you could start with MailChimp. It's not the best long term, but it's a great way to start, especially if you have a little to no budget right now. My personal favorite, the one I use is called ConvertKit. It's it's specifically built for businesses that want to, you know, put out regular content. MailChimp is a little bit more built for like like dentists and people who want to just put out like what I would call a blast to your whole list, like newsletters. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is more designed for people who want to put out content and send sequences and different versions of emails. So that's why I personally love it. It's kind of built for bloggers and stuff like that. Yeah, those are the two that I would really recommend to start with. But really all you want to do is just create something. Anything can be like something super simple, a checklist, a video from you, whatever, and just offer it to people in exchange for their email. And We've all done this, I'm sure, right? Like it's pretty normal. It can even be a coupon. So if you're like, a, again, like a hair salon or something like that, you could do 10% off your next um, appointment if you put in your name and email. And then what the great thing about this is that you then get to start showing up in people's inboxes in a way that a way that you just can't guarantee with social. So, you know, I, sometimes even the people who I love following, I'm like, how have I never, how have I not seen what's going on with them in like weeks and weeks, you know, the algorithm changes depending on whether or not you like their post, whatever's going on. Whereas with email marketing, you have a lot more control, but also people are, I think, I think the statistic, don't quote me on this, but I think it's like 70% more likely to make purchases from their inbox than they are from social. And the reason for that is that literally some of the smartest people in like Silicon Valley are being paid a lot of money to keep you scrolling or tapping to the next story actually at this point. And they don't actually want you to leave their app, right? Like they have put a lot of money into you not leaving their app. And so a lot of people aren't, you know, even if you have the coveted swipe up, a lot of people aren't leaving their app to make purchases. So it's really great to be able to get into someone's inbox and you can go from just like a passive person that they sort of scrolled, got onto their website sort of accidentally to somebody who they have a relationship with because you're sending them something valuable to their inbox all the time. That is, yeah, such a good point. If if you haven't already started, like start yesterday. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, and like you can start so small, you know, just sending like 
the tiniest little thing. It doesn't have to be this whole long, complicated sequence and blah, blah, blah. I personally love a nice, you know, complicated sequence <laughs> because it's it takes a lot of pressure off of you like every day to show up for your audience. You can automate so much of it, which is nice. But in the beginning, just start collecting and really like connecting with people. I love that. But man, the one thing that I kind of can't deal with anymore is just getting bombarded by how we're handling COVID-19 by like random, like by, okay, I'm not going to call it any companies, but just by companies that you're not even like interacting with in person, like random random digital companies or- Or even like Toronto Hydro. I'm like, how did you- Like, I don't really, as long as it's not affecting me personally in my day-to-day, I don't care how you do that. So how do you think that there's an approach right now that companies should take if they're starting an e-newsletter strategy with their audiences to avoid being annoying and adding to that? An annoying email? (laughs) Yeah. Well, just try not to be annoying. So you really want to ask yourself, like, would I want to read this if this came into my inbox? And that's like my number one question that I ask myself, you know? Um, it. And so it's the same with same as I mentioned before about really showing up and solving the problem of your person. If I'm a hairdresser and I'm sending out like, hey, here's two DIY hair masks. I'm sending you literally the ingredient list you need, some substitutions. I'm saying it all to your inbox. That's something I would actually want to read how she's dealing with COVID. It's a little bit like, mm-hmm. all right. Dude, I don't really, I don't know if I need to know like how my colorist is is handling COVID. Um, so provide value like as much as possible. Like make it something that people can find useful. But also don't take it personally if people don't open every one of your emails because just like you said, you know we're getting a, a lot <laughs> always, but especially right now. Yeah, I think yeah. leading with service as a content creator is like the best thing that you can do right now because yeah. if you're offering service and help rather than just some kind of self-serving. Yeah. And a great way to find out, because people ask me all the time, like, I don't really know like what people need right now. What's really cool is that you can just ask them, <laughs> um, especially on social. Like you, I really always recommend like putting out polls saying, do you, would you rather he- learn more about this or this? Do, are you more interested in, in getting it through social or through stories or through email or, you know, just ask a bunch of questions and you'll be surprised at how many people are willing to answer and how, like valuable that information is to you and you get to see like oh these are the things that I actually you know this I actually love talking about I had no idea that other people wanted to hear more about it you know and it it it's this it's a it should be a conversation and how does increasing your brand awareness online whether it's through digital content or just going live whatever it may be support your business in the long run yeah so i think a lot of people right now you know if if they are already online or if they're shifting to online are kind of saying, okay, maybe I'll push, you know, a lot of businesses have like quarterly launches or something like that, where it's almost like a, a, you know, a time period where they're really promoting or opening enrollment to one of their products. And I think a lot of us are kind of moving that a little bit to say, you know what, let's give ourselves a little bit more time and give everybody else a little bit more time to get used to what's going on. And if you have chosen to do that, um, now is such an incredible time to just show up for your audience because the more that, like I mentioned before, the more they know you now, um, the more likely they are to purchase in the long run or the more, any, and even if they don't purchase, then maybe they're more likely to recommend you to someone else. Or maybe here's the thing. I've worked with clients who have been following me or like been getting my emails or whatever for years. Like, Hey, I've been on your email list for three years and just now I purchased your program. And so it's really important to like create a long term, long-term relationship with people. I'm sure there's a lot of people like we've all done this, right? Like there's so many people 
people who I like absolutely love and I tell people about them. I share their Instagram posts or whatever, but I've just never purchased anything from them. Not to say that I never will. I just haven't yet. So a lot of times people need to hear about you many, many times. People say seven to 14 times. I have now heard that it's more like 14 to 21 times, but I think that's, I mean, that's a, that's just a number, right? Like really, like I said, sometimes you have to be following someone for years and years before you're ever ready to take the plunge or, or it's just not the right time for you. Um, so the more you can create that relationship with someone, the easier your sale will be later. So it's, it's, it's like an investment. You always want to be investing into your community regardless of whether or not they're going to buy. You know, it's a, it right now is really, um, a time where a lot of people are thinking, how do I make money now? Which absolutely like, I understand why people are coming at it from that angle, but also we have to sort of, we do have to be patient because one, like I, like we mentioned before, some people are in emergency health or financial situations or two, they're just stressed. Like maybe you have some cash, but you're just like, listen, I'm a little bit too stressed to take on this business course right now or, or whatever it is. And that's okay too. So you need to be patient with your audience, grow, create a relationship and invest in that in order to reap the benefits down the road. And so regardless of whether or not you're looking to make cash right now, it's so important to invest in your audience. That makes sense. I love that. And so you already touched on three key things that small businesses and freelancers can start doing every day to help their business thrive. Are there any other key things that you would say, go do it now. This is an easy thing that you can do. Just start. Yeah. So I, I definitely have those three things. I should mention those are actually part of a um, guide that I have that's called the big four. So I'm, I've kind of left one out. And number one is business mindset. So especially now, maybe more than ever, it's super important to invest in your business mindset. Entrepreneurship is a mental game. You need to make sure that you are yeah, not becoming the thing that's holding your business back. So number one, definitely do that. But then yes, like I said, grow, nourish and make an offer to your audience every single day. Those are the big four. And I say, I, my clients call them the non-negotiables because I'm like, did you do them today? Yes or no? It's not, you know, this is not something that maybe you'll get around to. We do it first thing in the morning. I would say, don't worry too much about your website. Start showing up on social every single day. Start solving people's problems every single day. Start growing your email list like immediately and start getting very clear on what your philosophy is. So like I kind of you know touched on this earlier, people need to know what your method is to solve their problem. And if you're not 100% clear on it, then they will never be. And if they are not clear on it, then they're like, so much less likely to buy. So you need to have that clarity and you need to have the clarity in talking about it so that people know, okay, this is her thing. And those are easy to do right away. So we challenge everyone to start doing this as soon as you're done listening to this podcast. I challenge you. (laughs) (laughs) So one question that we always like to ask our guests is what is one thing that you wish you had been taught in school? I love this question so much. There are so many things that I really wish I was taught in school, but I think You know, one thing that I've sort of invested a lot of time into learning myself that I wish I knew earlier was sales. I really think that, and I I talk to my little sisters in high school right now, and I talk about these kind of things a lot because I think sales is such a invaluable thing that you need in so many different areas of your life, whether you run a business or not. Like if you're in an interview, you're selling yourself. If you're writing copy, you need to understand like sales copy. And I think a lot of us didn't learn like what are the things that are really persuasive? What are the things that uh, people need to hear in order to 
you know, I mean, it could be anything. It could be like getting your, it could be negotiating your rent or like something like that, or, or negotiating a raise at work. Like all of these things require you to be persuasive and understand sales really well. And I think once you do, it opens up like so many opportunities. And also you start to see the world in this way of, it opens so many possibilities to problems that you can solve, which is really what sales is all about. It's that it's telling people, hey, here's how I can solve your problem. Well, this was amazing. And we are so excited to put a lot of these tips into practice. We know other people will too. So thank you so much for taking the time with us today, Alyssa. And let us know how people can find you. You can find me at alyssacoleman.ca or on Instagram at alyssacoleman.ca. And if you want to find out more about that big four, if you go to alyssacoleman.ca slash big, um, you can download that. And there's a lot of like examples um, of those four things. So I know we kind of like hovered over a lot of them, but if you want specific examples, go check that out. It's free. Thank you so much for your time, Alyssa. We learned a lot and uh, we can't wait to help people with all of your tips. Thanks for having me. This is amazing. We hope these tips from Alyssa help you to keep evolving your business goals. We're here to support you with your entrepreneurial ventures. So hit us up if there's anything we can do to help or if there's any topics you'd like us to cover. We'll leave you with a quote from the ultimate self-made entrepreneur, Rachel Hollis. Your dream is worth fighting for. And while you're not in control of what life throws at you, you are in control of the fight. That's what she said. So there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. And we'd love it if you would share this with your friends by screenshotting the episode and sharing it on social by tagging at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and DM us with any topics or guests you'd like to hear on the show. See you next time. Bye. Bye.